In this episode, I talk all about the processes of how I started my allergy-friendly focused skincare brand called Yours Only, all starting with my health issues to how I formulated the products, the bottles, and the branding. There were lots of twists and turns, but at least now you can see the end result. Safe and pretty products, perfect for anybody with traumatic skin. Welcome to Allergy Proof, the podcast dedicated to helping hardworking women with health issues get through life. Hey, I'm your host, Ashley Templer, and I have more allergies and intolerances than you can count on one hand. I'm that person that beat YO snacks to parties. I'm also that person who spent thousands of dollars trying to get to the bottom of my symptoms. From running my own social media agency, Pep Creative, and skincare brand, Yours Only, I know a thing or two about navigating a very busy schedule with ongoing health issues. Join me as I give you my tips, interview your fave biz women and health specialists to help you solve and manage your autoimmune conditions or allergies. Want to hear more about my story? Head to yoursonly.co forward slash about where you can also pick up some very allergy friendly products. Hello and happy Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, wherever you are really. It is so nice and sunny today when I'm recording this ep. It is Friday and it is 27 degrees in Melbourne and it's getting me very excited for this warmer weather. Um, But for today, as this potty goes live, yours only will be live for seven weeks, which is so crazy. I feel like it's been live for a really long time, but I've had a few people ask me about the process of starting the business And although this isn't really a business podcast, the overall story and the process really fits in within my health journey. So you might know that my nine to five job is actually running a social media and ideation agency. So I had an idea of how to run a service-based business, but when it came to a product-based business, it is just a whole nother ballgame. So I'm going to deep dive into the whole process and I'm going to start from when I was a kid all the way up until now. So some of the info might be repeated from other episodes, but I promise you it will be worth hearing it again when you hear the full story altogether. So we'll start with chapter one, which is all about my health. So as many of you know, I grew up with a lot of allergies and intolerances. I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's disease when I was a very young 23, which I am now nearly 31. My allergies and my symptoms definitely varied from time to time. When I was a kid, I had very severe eczema and my asthma was really, really bad. Like I wasn't even allowed outside when I was about four or five in the wintertime. And my food intolerances kind of just seemed to get worse as I got older. And my skin has always been really sensitive, but I've just always used just skincare made for sensitive skin. And I think I just naturally picked those products. So I didn't really have that many flare ups at all. And then I never really got pimples on my face, but I honestly think it's because I've always had just a really healthy diet and I just drink so much water. But little did I know that even though I was eating super healthy and using products that were great for sensitive skin, I was still making myself feel pretty shit. So I wasn't feeling that great. And um, it wasn't until in 2018 when I was still feeling really sick, I was bloated, I had brain fog, I was vomiting, and I was just so tired, just like beyond tired. So I ended up seeing a dietitian who helped me find out that I had a food chemical intolerance. So I won't give you all the details here because I did an episode on it with my actual dietitian who is Chloe McLeod. So if you go back to episode three, you'll be able to listen to it all there. So we went through all of these tests and then after I understood it, I just realized I had to completely switch up my entire household and my makeup, my skincare, my food, everything. So I went to Chemist Warehouse and I just hated all of my options. Like it was so hard for me to find something that was low in salicylates and amines, which are a part of the food chemical group. 
And when I was there, I had to Google every single ingredient. It was just so annoying and so depressing. And so even if I ended up finding products that I could use, they were full of parabens and sulfates and they are just known hormone disruptors. And obviously that's not good if you have Hashimoto's, which is a thyroid disease. So next comes chapter two, the grand idea. So I actually remember this day so clearly. Um, One day I was at home and I said to myself, I'm going to make skincare products. My family has always actually said to me that I'll own like a clothing store or some sort of like online store. And I was like, yeah, I studied fashion, but I just don't know if I'm going to be a fashion designer or anything like that. So they've always been like, you won't do social media forever, which is also very disheartening because it is my career. But anyway, I remember texting my dad and said, I am going to bring out a skincare range. I just think it will be perfect. And I just know the audience and I know how to market it. And he was like, nah, it'll cost you about 100K. It's too much work for you. And then as soon as he said that, I was like, game on. I am going to make this happen. And if you know me, you'll know that I'm the kind of person that like I will try to make anything happen. And if you say I can't do it, I will do it. It's not because I want to prove them wrong. I think it's just because like I don't like when I feel like I can't do something. So I have to go out and do it. So I guess that's just the way I did it. I remember going to a yoga class and throughout the whole practice, I just could not stop thinking about it. I even remember the poses that I was doing. It was like my world had like completely opened up and this new path had just like come straight in front of me and my gut just was like, you have to do this. So I remember going home and I just brainstormed all the products that I wanted to release and what I was going to do about it. I did like this huge mood board and it looks literally nothing like the mood board of like what it is now. But I plan to launch six products, which was a face cleanser, a face moisturizer, a body cleanser, a body moisturizer, and a baby wash and something else, but I can't remember. But then I was so adamant to make all of these products in Australia. So I just didn't realize how expensive it was to actually produce products here. So I didn't end up actually being able to make six products for launch because it would have been so expensive. But what I did end up doing is releasing two products that actually did all of those things. So You will get to what the actual products are, but there's a body cleanser and a body moisturizer and both of them are safe for babies and they're safe for your face and your body and your hair. So I kind of was able to do that, but just to release it in two products. So then there is chapter three, which is product development and brace yourself. It's a very big chapter. So most of you probably don't know, but my first uni degree was actually in product development. Mind you, it was like 10 years ago and I learned the very basics of building a brand, but that whole part was just an absolute beast, probably the most time consuming part of the whole process. So I'm kind of glad I did it at uni. Like I have had so many people ask me if I would start a new business again. And at the time I've just said, no, no way. It was like so stressful also to have my full-time job at the same time doing all of it and the investment in itself. But now I would say I could probably do it, but maybe in like 10 years time. But The first step was to find a chemist and I was also adamant, as I've said, that I wanted the products to be made in Australia, um, which ended up being a bit of a blessing because I actually don't even think I would have been able to release the brand um, if I did it overseas after the whole pandemic. But anyway, I saw around three to four chemists and that was just such a process in itself. There were some that I just could tell were just trying to get money out of me, but not really giving me what I wanted and saying that I'd have to make sacrifices and I just was not willing to make any sacrifices. So 
there was one that I ended up going with and she was just randomly telling me about her diet and what she eats and what her skin was really sensitive to. And it ended up being the same as me. So she was also salicylate intolerant and her skin just flares up to a lot of things. So it was also very convenient because I could test the products on her. And if she had a reaction, it was basically an instant test for us to see if we could continue with the development. So after she told me all of that, I was just like, okay, this is definitely my chemist. So I ended up going to the pharmacy and I picked about 15 different products. And then I went home and I got my boyfriend Luke to jump in the shower and I sat on the bathroom floor with my laptop and I created an Excel spreadsheet and I got Luke to try all of these different soaps. And actually I've got it. I'm actually going to go through it and tell you what some of the feedback was because it's hilarious. We had some things and it was like, (laughs) how did it rub on easily? What does it feel like? Quite a wet texture. Ash rushed up straight away. So I obviously maybe touched that product. Um, And then after that, I also had some friends come over, Elise and her husband, Ben, who also helped me. And there were such funny things in here. Like one of them says, smells like my dad's foot cream. Also smells like Sorbolene cream. And then there's just so many different things. So basically what I did is I went through all of these different products and picked what I liked from each of them in terms of like how they actually performed and ended up doing like this big random concoction. The chemist was like, I've never seen anyone do this, but that's just how it rolled. So For Coat, the moisturizer, I ended up mixing like 10% of a balm, 40% of one moisturizer and 50% of another one in like a little dish and like mixed it all together for this like perfect consistency. And then I gave it to them to replicate. If you've used the product, you'll understand why, because like when you use it, it has like this beautiful silky feeling of a balm, but along with like a really easy to go on moisturizer. It's quite heavenly actually. And then for the clean, which is the body cleanser. I ended up just giving her two different options and said, I want a mix of these two together, but a little bit less foam. Cause obviously if it's too foamy, it's not very good for people with sensitive skin. Then came the selection of the ingredients. And this was just such a battle for me because science is like my worst subject ever. Like I'm very interested in ingredients and researching and trying to work out, you know, which ones are safe, but the science side of it in terms of working out the derivatives and which ones were okay and which ones were not was very hard. Um, a lot of the dietitians were like, oh, your chemist will know. And then the chemist was like, your dietitian will know. So after all of this and when we had selected, I ended up getting a consultant to come on and read across all of the ingredients and all of the claims just to make sure that we did cover everything. So that also helped with the ingredient process. But I just spent so many hours upon hours upon hours researching it and going back and forth with the chemist and trying to pick the right ingredients because my main thing is that I knew what I didn't want in the products, but I didn't know what I wanted in them. So I was very firm on having no actives or fragrances because I was focusing on creating very gentle products for anyone. So if you have eczema and you need something non-irritating, or if you already use a product with heaps of actives and fragrances and just want something simple. So we ended up working very closely together and I gave her a very long list of things that I didn't want included, which was salicylates, amines, gluten, nuts, soy, fragrances, parabens, silicones, mineral oils, petroleum, sulfates, colorants, and anything to do with animal dry products. So there's a lot. There is a lot. So to cut a very long development story short, I had around three rounds of feedback where I went back and forth changing the ingredients because Some of them that they presented, I just wasn't really comfortable with because I just didn't feel like they were right. And then some of them, they presented products 
that had some of the things on my no list. So I had to go back and say no, because they basically said it was impossible to make the products paraben and sulfate free as well as salicylate and amine free. So it was a process and they said it couldn't happen, but we got there. And then once the products were signed off, I had to go through the process of getting them tested on people with sensitive skin. So we don't test on animals. We test on people with very sensitive skin. So I sent off the products to a company in Sydney who tested both products on a very large group of people with very sensitive skin over the space of a couple of months. And it's called the RIPT test. So essentially what they do is they place a product on their skin and then they place a Band-Aid and like, it's kind of like a Band-Aid adhesive over it. And then they rip it off and then they test it multiple times to see if there's a reaction and not one person reacted. So I'm very confident that the product is quite safe and we can now use the claim suitable for sensitive skin and dermatologically tested. And then from there, there were the bottles. So these again were manufactured in Australia because I just wanted to ensure that I could keep the product completely made in Australia. And because the branding agency and I decided that we wanted them to be coral. It was just a nightmare. Like I'm sure you've never seen any other packaging that's the same color that's completely uh, developed into the bottle rather than a sticker. And that whole process was a bit of a nightmare. So I actually started off with a different company. And when we were about to sign the contract, I pulled the pin because I noticed some dodgy changes in their costings. And then they just wouldn't budge. And I was a bit, I just didn't feel very easy about it. So then I ended up having to go to another company and we spent ages picking the coral just back and forth and then we ended up picking it and then every time that we went into testing the bottles just didn't print right so I was also adamant that the bottles had to be recyclable and so when we got the color they just couldn't get it on the bottle that I wanted it on and basically little random white specks were printing out so the color wasn't dispersing properly over the bottle which was also a nightmare so that was just back and forth for about four months for us to actually get that right. And that was basically like we thought that that was done and ready to go. So we were pushed out a couple of months just from that. And then there were the labels. So we were going to have clear stickers on the bottles with white writing. And then after months of back and forth, we ended up just going and directly printing the labels onto the bottles. And then there were the pumps. So you wouldn't know this, but pumps and bottles are sold and made by two different companies. Um, there's no like one-stop shop unless if you want to pay like a premium price for a company that basically is your middleman that does all of that. So I actually spent months trying to pick out the right pumps. I got so many samples from so many different companies. And then I, I originally wanted something a bit obscure or just like kind of funky or cool looking. And one company quoted me like 15 times the price I ended up paying for like semi-fancy looking pumps. And and I ended up going to Aesop and then to Mecca and all these other places. And all of the high quality brands just had like a really basic pump. So I ended up just going with one really high quality basic pump that um, was completely leak proof. So very long process for me to just end up with the, just the normal pump. Okay, this is a really long chapter, but I swear we're nearly done. So the next part is the branding, which I'm obviously very passionate about because it falls into my day job. I really wanted the brand to feel really cool and not like a brand that you could find at a chemist. So my internal motto with the business is that it's skincare that you'll never, ever find at a pharmacy. I just wanted people who have any kind of health issue or allergies to have more choices and something that they would show off in their bathroom because I actually have a cousin who once said to me that he uses QV, but when guests come over, he swaps it out for ASOP. 
So I was like, okay, I literally need to make this product. So people like you don't do that. So then I ended up getting Mel from the Sunday Agency, which is a branding agency who the founder also has Hashimoto's disease and lives a very similar life to me, also has very sensitive skin. And so she completely got it. I didn't really want to work with an agency that didn't really understand what it feels like to not be able to have choices or to always have reactions or be left out of being able to buy some cool brands. And so she just took the brand to a place I honestly never thought it would go. Like the colors were so opposite to what I would ever choose, but the pink and the coral and the green together just are so perfect. And we actually also had a different logo to start. So at the beginning of this year, I ended up getting an Instagram ad for a brand with a very similar name. And their logo looked exactly like ours. And then I Googled them and they got some funding from another company. So I was like, okay, I do not want a brand that looks similar to another brand. So right before we went into printing, I ended up going back to Mel and I was like, we're going to have to change the logo. So we spent some time redeveloping the logo and I actually love this one now. So I'm kind of happy that that happened. That took a bit of time. And then they ended up developing the brand strategy and then the logo, the colors, the fonts and the packaging all the way from the bottles to the pretty mailboxes and then worked with my good friend Elise from Bossy Creative or Bossy Copywriting who did the tone of voice. And then, of course, the team at Pep Creative and I did the social strategy. So, yeah, I'm currently pivoting, but that's a bit of a different story in terms of the social strategy. Lastly were the mailing boxes. So I had changed my mind like a hundred times with what these were going to be. They were going to be cute little pouches and then we were just going to get little sachets that were like biodegradable, but we wanted something that had a bit of impact and something that felt quite premium and nice. So to get the boxes that we wanted and to get them custom because the bottles fit perfectly within the boxes in cute little cutouts, we had to get them done in Hong Kong. And with the coronavirus throwing smack bang in the middle of that, I lost about three or four grand just in additional freight charges. And I probably got some great hairs over it. Um, But the design process for that was actually pretty great. We ended up just creating a really simple design and the boxes and the card just look so nice and they're all recyclable. And then there's a few other elements. So I had to manage a few other things, which I won't really go into, but just so you kind of understand, there was all of the legal stuff. So I trademarked the name in the space. So that takes a minimum of 10 months. There's no way around it because you've got to have it uh, registered and then you've got to have it approved and go through all these different people to get it done. So I guess it was probably good that the development process took a while. So that was ready by the time we launch. I also worked with an amazing web agency who built my website uh, custom so I could make it look exactly how I wanted. I also had to work out the logistics of everything. So even just the freight to get the uh, mailing boxes from Hong Kong to here was a lot. And then finding the right mailing company to send the products from, you know, the office or the warehouse to the customer. So I also worked with uh, the Royal Prince Alfred Hospital in Sydney. So 50 cents from every bottle sold actually goes towards allergy research at that hospital because they founded this diet that I'm actually on and it has honestly changed my life. I'm just on a mission to help other people and hopefully with the donations that happen, you know, it will get us a little bit further to get some more results or some more findings. So that's that process. But I mean, there was a lot more involved in that, but I just wanted to kind of showcase how my pain point turned into this and why it took so long and all the ingredients and why I was so particular about them. Because that takes us now to chapter four, which is the launch. So just to recap, I launched with two products, which is Clean, which is a body cleanser, which I also use on my face as um, a body wash in the bath, as a bubble bath and as a shampoo. 
It's obviously fragrance free and doesn't include any of those ingredients that I mentioned earlier. And then coat. So that's also a body moisturizer that is just so nourishing. But I use this on my face morning and night as well as my body. And then from here, I would love to develop a few other things. Like I actually have a very long list of things that I want to develop, but in the near future, I would love to look at some cute graphic tees that really highlight allergies in like a really cool, fun way. Sunscreen, lip balm, toothpaste, and so much more. So that wraps up a little bit more around why I made the brand and how it kind of works. I know it's a bit different to my other podcasts, but it kind of gives you a bit of a insight to the brand and why it is the way that it is. So if you know someone who is A, looking to develop a brand or B, know someone who needs to know every single ingredient that goes onto their sensitive skin, I would love it if you could send this episode their way. So thank you so much for listening to this episode and I'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Allergy Proof. If you know someone who would benefit from listening to this podcast, please send this episode their way. I'm here to help women thrive in life with all of their health issues because I am living proof. Make sure you hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts so you can listen to our latest eps which go live weekly. This is a totally independent podcast, so I really do rely on subscribes, reviews, and word of mouth to spread the word. You can also find some more helpful tips on Instagram at yours only co and more from me your host at ashley templar spelt a-s-h-l-i catch you next time